This is the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams with Mr. Ford Taylor. Hello, Ford. Hello, P.W. Williams. How are you this fine day? I'm awesome. I uh, mentioned when you walked in, people that maybe have never met you, but some that do, you've you've made uh, quite a health transformation. So uh, when I say you're looking good, you're looking good, my brother. Well, thank you, P.W. It's amazing um, when you're not on airplanes all the time. How much healthier that you can eat? I mean, we—that's my issue. But I could choose to eat healthier even when I'm traveling, but the options aren't as as much out there. And when you're not always on a plane, a little bit more time for exercise. So it's been good to be able to do that and 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 get my weight back a little bit more in line with where it should be. So thanks for noticing. Good stuff, Ford. We get questions all the time, and uh, even in the infancy of our of our podcast. We're getting questions from folks, and I thought it would be cool to take some questions, read them, and then just as you coach and teach and equip so many people around the world, it would be cool to hear some live coaching going on uh, on this podcast. What do you think? You want to oh, give it a shot? You know, I love doing that where I don't have any idea what the questions are. So if I say I don't know, let's just go to the next one. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Question number one, Ford, my relationships are good, but my prayer is they become great. Could you share a couple of tools that would help me transform my relationships? Yeah. Well, like I say, number one is get lit. And so the, the, the love, love other people more than you love yourself. Love other people more than you care about how they feel about you. How do you do that? Some of the areas is you make it about them. You know, when you when you meet people, maybe for the first time, you ask them to share their story instead of always being eager to share your story. Uh, so it doesn't have to be the first meeting, but in later meetings, you know, be more affirming, be less judgmental. You know, in your mind, be thinking if somebody messes up, there's always one more thing in their past or even today that I know nothing about. Let that be your first thought. You know, inc- be more encouraging with other people. Understand that you know, the people around you are not you. You know, they're not like you. Uh, you might be a highly relational person. Someone else may be a highly transactional person. Honor them for being transactional. Uh, thank them for bringing that to your relationship. And so, you know, affirm people, not only say thank you for something they did, but affirm them for who they are. And so if you want to go from good to really good to to great in your relationships, learn to make it about the other person and not about you. That was great stuff. You mentioned the word affirmation, and I think it would be safe to assume that everyone knows what that means and everyone knows how to affirm someone else. But let's really put our coaching hats on here and take a deeper dive with affirmations. It's saying something positive about someone directly to the person yeah and and let's start off by saying there's nothing wrong with sitting in a meeting and talking about someone how great they are or something that they did well there's nothing wrong with sitting at the dinner table and telling your children how great your spouse is or telling your spouse something great that your child did there's nothing wrong with that it's just not an affirmation the way we describe it an affirmation is you turn and speak to that person so if you've got your pen take some notes here number one Learn to leave out words like, I would like to, or I want to, or I'm going to. To tell someone, I would like to affirm you for X, 
is not an affirmation. It's a declaration that I would like to. To say, I would like to thank you for something, that's not a thank you. And so if you can learn to turn to the person and talk to them, it'll help you get away from some of these habits. The other thing is, what you want to do, be sure in most cultures, now some cultures are different, is that you're looking at the person, that you look them in the eye. Because if you start looking around, there's a good chance you'll start talking about them instead of to them. Ford, I had to go back because during the transformational leadership training, you use such an effective visual. You talk about people who go up to get awards. And then, and now, since all of my family has been, well, actually, I haven't watched an award show in a long time because they're, you know, they're off the rails now. But your, your visual and your, and your example of that's really cool. Well, yeah, it's fun to watch those award shows, you know, because it, I like to watch them for this reason. I love to watch someone go up and get their award. And they start off by saying, I would like to thank the producer I would like to thank my co-actor. I would like to thank my spouse. I would like to thank my children for supporting me. And you'll watch them go on and how many people they would like to thank, but they never actually thank anybody. And what's fun once you get this is to watch the camera go on to the faces of the people that they would like to thank. And there's basically not much reaction, but then there'll be someone that will go up and they will get the award and they'll look at their husband or wife and say, honey, thank you so much for the support you've given me over these years to be able to do that. They'll look at the co-actor, and they'll say, thank you for being there every day and supporting, because without you, no chance I would get this award. And, and then if you look at the camera, show the looks on the faces, and the countenance difference on those two, you will learn to quit saying, I want to, and I would like to, because you can watch it on camera. It's a whole different animal. And you'll even notice it if you happen to go to church or listen to speeches. You'll start noticing from stage how many people want to thank somebody or want to affirm, but how few actually do. So, Ford, thanks for letting me back up there a little bit. But affirmations, we're doing some trainings. Lose the words I want to or I'd like to. Make sure you look people you're affirming in the eye. And and again, if you're in a culture that it's disrespectful to look people in the eye, that's something that you, you know, just delete that if that's your culture, because around the world, different people have different cultures. Uh, the other thing you want to do is you want to be sure that you make it about them, not about you. If you make the affirmation about you, that's flattery. Now, what's flattery? Uh, I'm saying something nice to someone to make myself look good. Well, PW, you're great at this podcast. I'm so glad that you learned how to do a podcast from me. Now, since that's not true, it, I can say that and laugh about it because you're the one that's taught me how to do this. But if I said that in a way that makes me look good for teaching you, that's flattering. The second area of flattery is I'm only doing the affirmation to get something out of you. And people will know if that's what you're doing. Because again, that becomes about you. So be careful that it truly is an affirmation and it's not flattery. The third thing, be honest. Don't tell someone they're good at something if they're not. Because you might have a child that you tell is, is a really good runner, and they might try out for the quarterback of the football team, and they run a 10-second 50-yard dash. I got news for you. They're going to be sorely disappointed. So don't affirm people for something they're not good at. And this one I hear is a big one. I've seen this in organizations for almost my whole career. You know, they'll actually uh, take an employee or a child on something they're not good at, and they'll affirm them, hoping that that affirmation makes them better. And then later, they want to let this employee go because they're not good at something. And now they got a lawsuit on their hands because they've been saying 
you're good at this, hoping that will make them better instead of correcting them. So be careful when you're doing affirmations and be honest. And I'm just going to repeat this one because this one's big. Because when you do this one, when you talk to them and not just about them, because when you do those first three things, you'll catch yourself talking to them and not about them. Again, I started off with this. There's nothing wrong with talking about people positively in front of a room. It's just not the same as turning and talking directly to them. That's good stuff. That's great coaching. That's great information. And I don't know if it's a young lady, if she's middle-aged or old, but it, it was a female that asked that question. She wanted to take her relationships from good to great. That's great information. I think the affirmation, um, you have to practice that. If someone goes to TL or when you're at TL, or tell our listeners what you make us do. Yeah, yeah. I actually make you give a speech, just either with just one person or at a small table, and you have to talk about who you are, what you do, and why you're at the training. And then after that, we go back to the table for a few minutes, and we practice affirmations. And then we tell people, if they don't look you in the eye, if they start off with, I would like to or I want to, let's all give permission to correct them, because right now we're being trained. We don't want to hurt anyone, but let's give permission. And then I give them homework that before you go to bed tonight, I want you to affirm to at least three people. And tomorrow morning when you come back, I'm going to ask you, did you do the three affirmations? And for those of uh, of us that's went through transformational leadership, the practice makes perfect. And the affirmations really impact relationships for life. Yeah, I, there's something I learned from a school teacher, and I'll never forget her because she said this to me. She said, perfect practice makes perfect. And so that's kind of why I say, let's tell each other right here at the table. Because if we mess it up here, we'll mess up the next three too. And, and there's nothing wrong. It's a, good, it's a good, safe place to mess up while we're learning. And the other thing I would share on affirmations, just as a word of warning, uh, there are other people that we work with, and one day we'll, we'll have them on the podcast, uh, about the five languages of appreciation in the workplace which is based on the five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And the five languages of appreciation is Dr. Paul White. And, and you'll learn as you, as you learn how to show people, how to make them feel loved. Words of affirmation is one of those five things. If by some chance you're with someone that that's their number five way to be affirmed or shown love, it, it's important that you know that because if you affirm them publicly, you might actually do more harm than good. So it is important that if you want to go from good, if this is a young lady that's married, which if you have children in the workplace, it's important that you, if you're going to use affirmations, to be sure that you're not with someone, that that's number five for them. Because not that you shouldn't still do it privately, but if you do it publicly, you, you might actually do some harm. So just be aware of that too. All right, good stuff. Ford, uh, let's move on to another question if you're good with that. Absolutely. Question number two is, or it's more of a statement, I'm not very good at receiving feedback. I often default to a defensive position. How do I get better at receiving feedback? Well, I'm not very good at it, so I'm probably not a good person to answer that. No, um, practice, okay? Uh, I get told by some people, you're unbelievable at taking feedback, and I've been told by others, you don't handle feedback very well. <laughs> and so some of that is either me or it's their hippocampus. It's what they've seen in the past. But if you're not very good at it and you get defensive, practice. You know, tell yourself, learn to say, I'm not going to get defensive here. 
just say it. I am going to receive feedback. Uh, critical feedback is very, very hard to receive. But if you can think of it through this lens, you ready? That all feedback is relevant. If you can, if you can get that in your mind, that it's all relevant, then you'll be able to take feedback. Because it, it can be relevant that maybe you have a blind spot. You know, maybe someone's giving you feedback because they care about you, and it's something you can't see in yourself. And we all have blind spots. I think we'll go to our grave with blind spots. So think of it that way. So number one is, wow, they care about me. That's why they're saying this to me. So if you can think that way, feedback's easier to receive. Uh, the other thing is, if people give you feedback that you don't believe to be true, it's, it, it's so easy to deflect it. But if you can just ask yourself, what if it's true, then maybe you can take it. One of the things that, that I've shared before is, you know, I, as I get older and learn to give up my need to be right, I refuse to give up my passion for truth. Well, if that's a core belief with me and someone gives me feedback, something I just I still have to work on is to be careful not to go for the truth and the facts too fast because that's that, that's what I believe resolves conflict. That's my true belief. Well, if I try to go there too fast, you, me, we might come across as we don't care how that other person feels. In reality, we care so much about how they feel, we don't want them to stay in that place. But be careful that at least you can hear their feeling because that feedback is significant. Either we need to hear it because we need to change, or it may not be true. But at least it lets you know the relationship that you have between you and the person giving the feedback and how they feel, even if it's not true it at least lets you know what that relationship is. Ford, what role does our self-identity play in receiving feedback? Well, it's huge, okay? Um, and, and, and what I like to do in this particular place is combine our core beliefs and our self-identity. Okay. So those core beliefs are those things that we believe to be true, so true that at minimum we would argue with a wall because we believe them. Some, some people say you would go to your grave for your core beliefs. Well, if I have a core belief that truth and facts solve uh, conflict, they save relationships, if that's my core belief, and I go too fast to that, then the other person might not feel heard. Well, that could be tied to their self-identity. Why? Because our self-identities are made up of all the things that have happened to us in our lives. So everything that's happened goes into our self-identity. Uh, the second thing is as we compare ourselves to others. And remember, our self-identity, it's the thoughts we believe to be true about ourselves. Number one, based on all of our experiences. Number two, as we compare ourselves to others. And number three is what we think others think about us. Well, if we have a low self-identity, self-concept, self-perception, use whatever word you want, if that's low, and we get feedback, and it makes us feel lower, it's even harder to not get defensive. If it dings our core belief, then it makes it hard for us to be able to receive it. So be aware that those two things are in play. And the third thing, remember, that big old bad boy called the hippocampus. All those things that have happened to us in our lives that come with passion or emotion plus purpose or meaning are stored into our brains and later when something happens to us that resembles what happened to us when we were younger our brains can't process it we immediately jump to we're going to get the same outcome as we did before so when those three things come together self-identity core belief and hippocampus 
and someone gives us feedback that dings any one of those three, wow, it is really hard to sit and say, thank you for that feedback. That's really good stuff. Or where can people find more information on the subjects that we're talking about right now? Well, you know, if they kind of want to see them all compiled together, uh, you know, we've written a book called Relational Leadership, when, when Relationships Collide with Conflict. So that's one way they could get it. It's on audio and, you know, hard copy. Uh, in a number of places, they could go to our FordPetterTalks.com website and order the book. Uh, another place normally is a live training, but right now we're kind of restricted from that. Uh, another place is we have something called TL, because, you know, we call transformational leadership TL, because now there's so many transformational leaderships out there. Uh, back when we started, there was very almost none, but now since a lot of people use that name, we call it TL. Uh, they could go online to TLOnDemand.com. They could go to our website. They could go through a TL On Demand group. Um, we get lots of feedback that when I went through the TL live it was really great when i went through it with a group of others that went through it methodically over time with a facilitator it was life-changing so that's just a handful of places if they want to see it a lot of this stuff all compiled in one place there's two or three places they could get it well i would say with zero reservation there's only one tl (laughs) there might be hundreds of transformational leadership trainings but there's only one tl yeah well, there's, there's good trainings out there. You know, our hope is, is we do the podcast, as we do what we do, that people don't get off the podcast kind of motivated and excited. We want that about what they heard, but we want them to also be able to go out and have something practical and implementable that, that could be life-changing in their relationships. Uh, if they do any of the other things that we just talked about, that they get hard, fast tools. You know, I can tell you that there's a, that, that over there on the shelf, that's a great pen, or I could say that's a great cup of coffee. But if I don't show you how to use the pen, if the pen's not available to you, I could inspire you to use a pen. But if I don't actually give you the pen, show you how to use it, the pen's pretty useless, even though you're motivated to use it. Same with coffee. If I don't show you how to make a great cup of coffee, I can talk about how great it is all the time. But someone still needs to show me how to grind those beans, what temperature is the water, how long do you cook it, it's so our hope is that, that every time we do something, that's what people are walking away with. It's good stuff. Let's wrap forward with the last question. And this question is a little gossipy, so I really like it. The question is, I have a hard time at work because my boss never admits he's wrong. He never sees a way to make it better. It's his way or the highway. It, it feels like steps for personal growth would kind of be a quickie that we could give him, whoever that, that he or she is that they're talking about. Yeah, well, you know, just a few months ago, uh, I would say the unemployment rate's lower than it's ever been in our history. Take the highway. You know, this is what's hard, and, and I've done this a lot with CEOs. I've done it with government leaders, and is, is consider going to your boss. Just consider this. And number one, affirming them. Affirm he or she. Thank them for for providing a job for you. Thank them for how they work hard, whatever it is. And start off with an affirmation. Start off there. And then ask the question, uh, look, is there something I could share with you? And I may be the only person that feels this way. It, It could be all me. Are you open to hearing something that I think might help our relationship? And if I'm right, I think it would help our department. And if I'm wrong, I, I'm, I'm willing to be corrected. 
Just start off that way. And I'll bet you your boss will be open to it. Now, if your boss is narcissistic, bipolar, I mean, there are some mental defects, diseases that this stuff won't work. So, I mean, I'm not telling you it will. But if they're not one of those things and they're normal, they just got a blind spot, I can almost say, if you said to them, my feeling is, is that I'm always wrong and you're always right, that, that, that there's just no chance that you would admit that you're wrong on something. Now, when you do that, be sure you have some examples. Don't go in with innuendo, because if, they, if they're open to it, they may ask you for some examples. If you can't give them examples, take the highway. If you can give them some examples, go in with them, share them with them, you might find yourself getting a promotion. And again, if they're one of those others that are sick, you might find yourself looking for a new job. And so uh, be careful with it, but try that. You know, we, we do some training in the Air Force. And the very first training we did in the Air Force, this very subject came up. And the young man said, I have a boss like this. He won't take feedback, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he said, what would I do? And I answered it the same way. I said, today, tonight, I want you to put together an email. He goes, and I want you to affirm him. I want you to thank him for the service to the country, his service to you and your team. I want you to start off that way. And I want you to ask him, hey, there's something I'd like to share, and there's a good chance I'm wrong. But is there any chance we can get together and let me share it with you? And the guy said, there's no chance. I've tried to meet with this guy on this subject, and he will not meet with me. I said, then I wouldn't do it. Just ignore my counsel. And everybody in the room laughed. It's like, why would you ask me? He goes, you know what? Just to prove it, I'm going to do it. And so he did it. The next morning, we said, hey, how did everybody do last night? The guy raises his hand. He goes, okay, I got to tell everybody in this room within minutes. I had an email back from my commanding officer setting up an appointment for us to meet. He said, this, guy, this stuff works. So if you're going to do that kind of correction, start with that affirmation. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Or the acronym. There's acronyms all over the place. We got a ton of them. Mm -hmm. But LIT is my favorite. Love, influence, and transform. Really the bedrock of this podcast. And as always, launch us into being exceptional. Uh, let's learn to love in ways we've never loved before. Let's learn to love others more than ourselves. Let's learn to love others more than we care about how they feel about us. Let's grow our influence. Let's grow our influence with those that we follow, those that we walk alongside with, and those that follow us. And then let's learn to influence ourselves with tools that make us better. And what does that mean? That means we slowly, over time, we become transformed. We become a different person. And if you're interested... And being a part of that, please look at the website, FordTaylorTalks.com. Take a look at it. Look at the vision. Look at the purpose. And look at the mission. And be a part of being a leader who makes leaders, who makes leaders, who makes leaders to impact individuals, organizations, cities, and even nations. Learn to see the mission. What would happen if we had leaders who learned to love unconditionally, learn to forgive unconditionally, and we learn to walk in awkward or dangerous transparency. I believe if we did that, that those leaders that agreed to do that truly could impact organizations, cities, and nations. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.